Let's just do this for 40 minutes. Springsteen songs, a cappella. Hello and welcome to another episode of Le Movie Chef Le Podcast. No, it's the Movie Chef the Podcast. Le Chef, Le Chef de la Movie. Le Chef Baguette. (laughs) Welcome to the Movie Chef Podcast. I am Tebs here to spin the wheels of news all over Cormac's driveway. Jesus. Donut. (laughs) Away from my driveway? And then spin donuts of movie trailers on your garden. I've had a few drinks tonight. Hey, you and me both, brother. <laughs> See, it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh. It's going to be one of those episodes. Right. We've already had songs. We've had songs. We've had a sing-song. We've, um, we've, we've broken the internet. I want to talk first. Let's be a little bit serious first. Alan Parker uh, passed away uh, last... When was it now? Last Friday. Um, we mentioned it on the Sunday episode, but obviously director of Vita, Midnight Express, Mississippi Burning. He's done a hell of a lot. And you, you, you're more of a, with all due respect, you're more of a fan of it than I am going, what are you, what was your favourite, uh, favourite, favourite Alan Parker joint? Uh, favourite for me is obviously the commitments. Uh, it was the Barrystown trilogy, um, basically with the ban and the snapper and the commitments. They were all novels written by Roddy Doyle. Um, Stephen Frears directed The Van and The Snapper, but Alan Parker um, co-wrote uh, the script and directed The Commitments. And for me, it's probably the best Irish movie that's ever been made. Um, really? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wind That Shakes the Barley? Well, we're not going to talk about that because it'll get the blood up, you know what I mean? Hunger? Again, it'll get the blood up. You know, we're not, we won't, we don't want to discuss those ones. We'll just, you know, we'll discuss and that off air when I'm drunk and I'm shouting trad songs. Angela's Ashes. What more? I'm trying to think of an Irish film that doesn't include, <clears throat> you know, yeah. Irish stuff. Wake, Wake and Ned was a great Irish movie. About the, the, the Guard. The Guard. The General. Um, you know, a lot of, um, McDonough, McDonough's movies. Um, could you class? A lot of his movies as being Irish, even though in Bruges, could you class that as an Irish movie? Two Irish actors and an Irish director? Yeah. Three billboards. Three billboards. The one with Sam Rockwell, that was directed by Michael McDonough as well. Could you class that as an Irish movie? I wouldn't say that's an Irish movie, because I don't think it's anything to do with Ireland. Yeah, but the guard, I would say, yeah, you're, you might be right. The guard would might. Be- yeah, yeah, but the guard's definitely, the guard's great. Yeah. Yeah, but the commitments, the commitments for me, it was at a time when, you know, I think the first time I seen it was about 93, and it was the first introduction to the word bollocks for me, because <laughs> it was constantly using it, but massive fan of uh, Midnight Express, massive fan of Bugsy Malone, of course, as well, with Jodie Foster and Scott Baio. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the Pink Floyd, The Wall, um, yeah, I remember yeah, seeing yeah, that years ago, fantastic, but 
I'm surprised here. Two things that I didn't know were his uh, work. The Road to Wellville yes, from 1994. Yeah, I'm, with... I'm so, so happy that Matthew Broderick's in that movie because <laughs> he looked so happy. He did look so happy and healthy because he had cornflakes. Was that about like they were supposed to all be celibate or something? And I just remember like the, it was like bed hopping and stuff. on. It, in this... it was basically based on a true story because your man who... Um, your man who Anthony Hopkins played, like he was a, a real character who created, you know, him and his brother created Kellogg's Corn Flicks. Yeah. And they did, in fact, um, have a uh, a place for people to go to get fucking, uh, what is it, not lobotomy, what do you call it when you get that water shot up your shooter? Per, 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 colonic irrigation. Colonic irrigation, stuff I got there. So, I mean, I, but I enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, it was, it, it, it's not one of the best in his kind of arena of movies. It's not up there with Mississippi Burning and it's not up there with Commitments or, you know, it's not up there with, um, Bugsy Malone for me, but it's one of those movies that's usually on, you know, late night that I would always have a giggle at and watch. Yeah. And the other one that was, I forgot, his last film, The Life of David Gale with um, Kate Winslet and nobody else. I just remember... I just remember... Nobody else was in it. I just remember that being... It felt like it was made for the twist at the end. I'm not going to say what it was, but... 100% it was. It it was the most trite kind of follow, connect the dot fucking movie that I've ever seen in my life. I never... I didn't like it at all. Nah, but... um, And another person who passed this week, quite sadly, was um, a guy called Seb Patrick. Um, He's not sort of famous in many circles, but over in the UK, he was a writer and podcaster. He wrote for Empire Movie Magazine, and he actually did a lot of uh, stuff for the Red Dwarf uh, website. Um, Came from Liverpool, like I say, did an awful lot in terms of movies, in terms of reviews. Great guy on Twitter at... um, and it was really sad to sort of hear that he'd passed because he was one of these guys that's really well respected by Empire and movie journalists. Um, it was always great to read on Twitter and it was just really sad that somebody like that who, um, it was funny and insightful, great bunch of work, like I say, he's wrote for everybody from sort of done BBC in America, he's done all the Red Dwarf stuff and yeah, it's just sad to hear the, about a passing of somebody like that. That's said Patrick and, um, Obviously, I hope every you know his friends and family are being able to cope with it. That was really sad for me to hear, so I just wanted to say that. But um, do some news. We we also lost uh, Wilfred Brimley. Did we? Yeah, Wilfred Brimley, Cocoon, The we Thing. Did. I'm sorry. Blair, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm... Blair from The Thing. Um, you know, he's been in so <laughs> in so much stuff. Um, I think he was the old, the, the archetypal American old man, even when he was about 40, just because of his mustache. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he was in a lot, like, obviously I remember him from The Thing more than anything else, and uh, Cocoon, I suppose, but uh, yeah, Wilfred Brimley, sad to see him go as well. Yeah, not nice, not nice, but, you know, we can remember these people for all the good stuff they've done, and uh, God, I'm trying to segue into more happier times now, how do I do this? Um, hey, Cormac, guess what's not dead? The news. <laughs> because it is alive and well here in the Movie Chef Kitchen. <laughs> Couple of trailers, though. Um, DC Fandom. 
uh, which is a 24-hour extravaganza on the 22nd of August, uh, released a trailer, and seems to be highlighting quite a lot of Superman, Justice League, and Mortal Kombat in there. So I'm think I'm hoping we get some sort of trailer for the Mortal Kombat film out in January, if it does come out in January. That we'll see something of Wonder Woman as well. Um, I'm, I'm obviously, have we seen a trailer for Wonder Woman? We've yet? seen two two trailers. I have not seen one of them. That is completely past. Me it's all yeah, yeah. They're, they're well into it. They were well into second trailer territory by the time I've. It was still sort of. There's an awful lot of questions still need answering in the film, so I was quite chuffed by that. You know where you see they showed um, hints of. Cheetah, um, Maxwell Lord. You know, they just showed odd, odd glimpses of him. It didn't go all out like it did with Batman versus Superman and spoil the entire third act. So they've, uh, yeah, they're well into it. And and this is one of those that has been delayed now for I think till October at least. So it's probably going to go into the new year. Um, so they're doing a 24 hour. So they're basically doing their own Comic Con online and it's this uh like a virtual event where anybody can go in at any time everything's free for 24 hours and you can go watch all the releases and new trailers and everything like that so we're probably going to get a clip from justice league Zack snyder's justice league we're probably going to get uh maybe a wonder woman another wonder woman trailer or a clip from that um it wouldn't surprise me if they announced something to do with flash because they've talked about flashpoint for so long yeah, they've seen, they've seen there was a Ezra Miller pictures in the the thing that I watched that you sent me. So you can see Ezra Miller. There was yeah. a, an Aquaman. You can see him. There was Gil Gadot. There was no no Ben Affleck. I wonder what happened, he's, Ben. He's, he's gone. He's gone. He'll come back, I reckon. He'll do a bit of uh, voiceover work. I think he'll do a bit of a uh, few bits and few scenes. Will he be what everyone wants Michael Keaton to be? What do you mean? The older kind of... Uh, no. Apparently character. Affleck's done. Apparently he was like... His alcohol... His alcoholism kicked in. And his entire time doing Justice League apparently was a nightmare for him. And that's why he ended up backing out of directing and starring in the solo Batman film that was supposed to be coming. Because it was just... It was just right. it had enough. It was like, I can't handle any of this shit. So he left, he backed out of it all, and uh, they're going to be lucky, apparently, to get him in to do some reshoots and stuff. I think he'll do it, because he respects Zack Snyder so much. That's sad. It is. But, 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 at the end of the day, we all thought John Travolta was dead after uh, Look Who's Talking, and then Pulp Fiction came out. And then Battlefield Earth came out. Hey, what? Nothing wrong with Battlefield Earth, alright? I don't like, obviously, the Scientology propaganda, like, but there was nothing wrong with Battlefield Earth. It was a great movie. Have you seen the trailer for Liam Neeson's newest 50-plus <laughs> year, 50-year-old man taking on the FBI, CIA, NSA? My name, my name is Liam Neeson. I used to fight in the U.S. Marines. Born I'm American. Bred, born and bred in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I might sound like I'm from Ballymena, but, you know, <laughs> I'm from Baltimore. I, I fought in the U.S. Marines from 18 years old. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like the way that America. Sorry, this is the trailer for Honest Thief, the new yeah. uh, Liam Neeson. I like the way that America has just, you know, forgotten. It, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger syndrome. It's like I'm Arnold. I grew up in Mississippi. I, I thought, you're like, no, no, Arnold, you didn't. You're, you're not. You're not an all-American boy. You can't be a commando. 
You can't be a commando, Andrew. Uh, uh, you can't do it. Liam, you weren't in the US Marines at 18. <laughs> you were in Valamina. You were in Valamina in Northern Ireland. No, Cormac. <laughs> I, I was a US Marine. Fight. So this... <laughs> so this is, honestly, this is a career criminal Liam Neeson from Ballymena who's been robbing banks all his life and decides he wants to go straight uh, by confessing and giving everything back because he's met a woman. Uh, and, oh my God. The trailer gives everything away. It gives everything. <laughs> I wanted to do, dance around it, but fuck it, let's go for it. So Robert Patrick <laughs> don't make it past 15 minutes. Here, he didn't make it past 20 seconds in the trailer. They didn't like, even do the thing where there's the gunshot no, and a quick edit no, to something else. Yeah. No, no, no. Do you think that is a, uh, you know, do you think that's a red herring? No, he's dead because later on in the trailer he says, he killed an FBI agent. <laughs> the reference yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know that, but I can guarantee you that he's not dead. You reckon he's coming he's, back? And that he's in on it. It's Oh that, my God, it's just... That's the twist, Paul. That'll be the twist, won't it? He, ah, yes. Jai Courtney's just one of the henchmen. Jai fucking Courtney, Jesus. But, okay, another one then. Scream 5 has been announced. Um, this I, from New York City. <laughs> born and bred in Scream 3. <laughs> yeah. So we've had, we had Scream... We had the one where Drew Barrymore dies. Then we had the one where it's Timi- Timothy Oliphant. Then we had the one where it's her brother and what the fuck. And then we had the fourth one, which had that last from Wait. Heroes in it. Hold on. And Jay and there Silent was, Bob. There was four? There was a fourth one, which had Jay and Silent Bob in it. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're just make, you're making this shit up now. Like. No, I'm not. I'm not. Unless they were in three. They're in one of them anyway. Uh, Jane Silent Bob definitely turned up in a screen film. Uh, so yeah, so Courtney Cox has signed up for the fourth film. I think David Arquette has signed up for the, sorry, the fifth scream. Um, my theory is if Neve Campbell doesn't get announced to return, she's going to be the killer. And I'm, I'm going to say that right now. If I think if they don't announce her coming back, the, the big twist is going to be the, the end girl from all the others is finally snaps and becomes there's always an Irish connection, isn't there? Courtney Cox. Because is you, because she's you always find Stop. an Irish connection. She's married to Johnny McDade from Snow Patrol. If you lay here, uh, so she's married to Johnny McDade from Snow Patrol. I think you'll just find. Uh, I think you find an excuse in anything, to be honest. Listen, we we infiltrated the world. There's, there's going to be some point where we're going to detonate all the bombs. You, you <laughs> like, it's like at least it's I was just. That's that's so we're not known for bombs. Um, no, <laughs> sorry, no, 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 no. You no, infiltrate no. people with love. Yeah, and love and cuddles and lots Scur- of beer. <laughs> Guinness. You've just said Guinness out into the world. <laughs> Get the world junk. Then we're going to blow it all up. Sorry, and here's, a, here's a hot tip for you as well. If you ever want the stronger Guinness, always go down the world food aisle. They always have bottles on the bottom shelf of the 9% stuff. Uh, do you know, yeah, do you know what? I actually found that out a few years ago that um, Guinness actually was, I think it was 4.2% in Ireland. And because of the influx of Africans into down south, they complained so much that Guinness had to raise the alcohol level up on the Guinness. 
That's why I noticed in Middle World Food, because you told me that fact about... I think that's brilliant. I it is. Fucking... That's why I love immigration. I love immigration. <laughs> so, uh, you want to see Screen 5? Not, Are we even bothered? not really. No. Nah. No, I don't want to be derogatory. I don't mean to be derogatory. But, um... Poor Courtney Cox has done things to herself that I don't think any woman should do. You know, any, you know, I think that a lot of women get put under pressure, you know, to on how they look and stay in Hollywood and stuff like that there. And I think, I think, unfortunately, she's, you know, fallen victim to a lot of stuff like that. She needs um, a hot dinner. She needs a hot dinner. Yeah, I think I just I, I kind of look at Courtney Cox and I kind of think to myself, this girl was like one of the biggest stars of the 90s, like on another stratosphere with friends. And, and this, then scr- this, isn't shame, this isn't shaming her for being skinny. This is genuine concern because, I, like I say, you remember from Scream in the mid-90s and Friends when she first started. And then you look 10 years later and she's stick thin. And it just can't be healthy. Yeah, I just, I don't, I, th- I think, I don't know, I think women have this kind of thing in their head that they, in Hollywood, that they need to stay to some kind of narrative. Then you look at women like, you know, Kathy Bates, and you look at people like Helen Mirren, and, you know, you look at the Judy Dench and people like that there that are still rocking in their 70s, beautiful women, fantastic actresses, yeah. that just, just broke the mold and went on with it, you know, and I, I, I don't know, I just feel sad for it. I- yeah, I, I don't doubt for a second it's people behind the camera saying you need to lose some weight. Mm. I really don't doubt that at all. Who am I um, to say? Who am I can say she's probably perfectly happy. Yeah, as long as she's healthy and she's happy, who gives a shit? I'm sat here carrying four freaking ties around my waist, so I can't say anything about somebody else's weight, big or small. Um, so no, screen five then. Um, we're getting a Whitney. We're getting a Whitney biopic. Do you, want to know my, do you want to know my favourite Whitney Houston joke? I don't want to hear it, no. I'm going to tell you. I don't want, if it has anything to do with the bathroom, I don't want to hear it. It isn't. Right, okay. What is Whitney Houston's favourite form of coordination? I do not know. What is Whitney Houston's favourite form of coordination? And I. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I'm probably. <laughs> well, you know, we had a good run, you know. <laughs> you know, we, we got through, we got through lockdown. We got through lockdown. He's gone back to work. He's gone drank, alcoholic again. Drank a lot of wine in, in the garage. You know, it was, it's been fun. It's been fun. Thanks, Paul. You just fucking ruined everything. <laughs> I can just see the listeners unsubscribing now. So do you want to see a Whitney Houston biopic? Where do you think it should start and end? No. <laughs> Where do you think I, it... I, I fucking hate biopics. Because I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate people playing other people. Because I just look at the screen and go... You're, you're not Johnny Cash. You're, yeah. you know, you're, you know, you're, you're not Johnny Cash. You're, you're not fucking Whitney Houston. I don't care. You're not fucking Tina Turner. I had uh, Blues Brothers on the other day, and you know what? I don't care that they can't act because that was great fun. And I can just imagine if they made one a film like that today, Blues Brothers. What? You're, you're trying to say that Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi No, I'm trying to act. say Ray Charles can't act and Aretha Franklin can't. 
Our mind. Aretha Franklin was unbelievable in fucking Blues Brothers. No, I'm just saying, instead of... Think about what <laughs> What I'm saying is, uh, yes, she's not a natural actress. And rather than putting an actress in to pretend to be Aretha Franklin... But Whitney Houston's dead, so, yeah, that might be a bit of a problem. Where do you think it should start and end? Do you think it should be more... Do you think it should be bodyguard? I think. Do you think it should be more? Um, well, it's obviously going to be centered around uh, million dollar Bobby, Bobby Brown, isn't it? Is it's it? Always going to be centered around that relationship. But what else is interesting about Whitney Houston? Is like, it going to be? A bit, is it going to be like Ike and Tina? Aye. Well, yes, of course it is. No, but do you think they're going to stop at some point? Do you think they stop when she stars in the Bodyguard and she's made it? Well, I think they'll stop when she dies, Paul. If it's a biopic, no, I'm, 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 I don't think it would be. I don't think they're going to show her taking, you know, piles of drugs and lying in a bath. All right, God forgive me, but I don't think that's going to happen. So they're going to show, they're going to cover the time of her life, which included her death. Because some of these biopics stop when, you know, Johnny Cash, the, the Bohemian Rhapsody, they stopped at a certain point before his decline into illness. But, but there was a reason for that because, you know, what? people still people still get afraid of. You know, homosexuality and the, the AIDS virus. You know, if they had any guts at all, that should have been the most dramatic point of the movie. They should have embraced the fact the homosexuality. They should have, you know, shown Freddie's decline, you know, through the AIDS virus, showed his, you know, the fact that he continued to work through his sickness and was still fucking belt out. Straight out of Compton. That was one that I felt tackled that absolutely fantastic. With Easy E? Yeah. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert! <laughs> spoiler alert for Straight Outta Compton. But the, but the fact that they went and actually covered that time of his life, they could have you yeah. know stopped at the point when they got big, you know, not had to cover that. But yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's worth taking those risks to tell a story of someone rather than anyway. Okay, uh, Batman animated Blu-ray Death in the Family is coming out. Um, following the 80s uh, Jason Todd storyline. And it's actually going to be one of these um, make-your-own-adventure-things-up. You know, like Bandersnatch was on Netflix. I fucking hate those. Yeah, so we all had fun. So apparently there's going to be like seven different endings on the Blu-ray. And like... So what happened with Definitely Family back in the 80s, um, DC were running the story, and a bunch of people hated Jason Todd as Robin... A bunch of people loved him, and they said, right, here's two phone numbers or three phone numbers. Ring if you want him to die. Ring this one if you want him to live, and ring this one if you want Batman to save him or whatever. And then it was a big cliffhanger, and in the following episode, again, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old comic, Joker, did he take a crowbar to Jason Todd's face? And kill him, but he didn't kill him, but he did kill him, but he didn't kill him. Um, Make your own adventure films. Do you want a film where you've got to play along, or do you just want to sit and watch it? No, not at all. And, you know, I think I get that a lot of people want to give different content. I I get that people want to try new ideas and things like that there. But let's be honest, right? If who owns the rights to Batman? Is it Warner Brothers? Yeah. Right. So when was the last time that we had a really, really good Batman animated series, uh, mid 90s, early 90s was the last kind of. Well, they've been doing all these 
you know, one-shot films that are released on. So they did like Batman no, by no, Gaslight, they did yeah, Batman yeah. and Ninja. So they're doing individual stories. But I watched The Killing Joke, and to be honest, that wasn't right good. I sat down with The Killing Joke. I don't read comics. It's just, I just don't bother. I read the stories, and I read about the characters, but I just don't bother reading the comics. And I went out and bought myself. They need to go back to things like that. You know, they, yeah. they need to go back to storylines like Kill and Joke and that grab you. You know, well, they need they, what they need to do is they need to, like, have you watched the um, Final Space on Netflix? No. Fantastic animated uh, comedy kind of kind of show, and it's all it based in good. space. No, I've really enjoyed it, and I think that there's so much quality cartoon content that's coming out, and it's you know relatively cheap to do. I think that if Somebody came out with uh, a Batman, you know, uh, Dark Knight, Killing Joke, uh, you know, Alan Moore, Batman cartoon series. I yeah. think it would fucking clean up. Well, they did the film version of Killing Joke, and they added about an extra 20 minutes worth of storyline in it. Um, that was pretty pish, to be honest. I yes, saw... <laughs> um, what was the other one I watched? The Hush, that was good. I enjoyed that one. And I don't normally watch these, but there's also all of them, Superman, Red Sun and everything, and they're just animated of the stories. So anyway, they're doing Death in the Family, but they've already done Under the Red Hood, which kind of spoils the ending to the Blu-ray that's coming out. But yeah, anyway, that, I thought that was interesting how people are actually starting to do these make-your-own films as they go up. Did you ever play, watch Bandersnatch on Netflix, the Black Mirror episode? Yes. It, yeah, it, for me it was like, you answer the first question, do you want Frosties or toast or something you're like okay i love frosties wow that's fucking clever isn't it and then next it's you're in the car what song do you want to put on okay i'll put something else on and then eventually just like just get on with the story i don't i don't want because i watch a lot of kids netflix with my kids that's been going on in netflix for a while now has it yeah so there's even been like the bear grills has a live one on Netflix as well. So you choose, uh, you know, he'll he'll scale down a fucking mountain and he'll say, okay, so I'm going to traverse the fucking fields or I'll go through this cave. Which one do you want me to do? And then you choose which way you right, go. Okay. And then he decides, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's been going on Netflix for ages. So I'm, I wasn't new to the whole Bandersnatch thing. It was kind of one of those ones right. where you fucking just stole that from everybody else. And, you know, now it's more boring because I have to look at that fucking kid that looks like Sid from... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's his name? Will Poulter. Yeah, fucking... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, uh, big news that's been announced uh, just today, actually. Um, so, Mulan, the big Disney live-action remake of Mulan. Finally, <laughs> uh, finally, Cormac... <laughs> being put up on the fucking big screen. uh, Disney have announced it's going on to Video On Demand um, from the 5th of September. It will be on Disney Plus in everywhere you can get Disney Plus. Anywhere you can't get Disney Plus, i.e. China, it will go into cinemas. Um, And on top of your £7, $7, $10, whatever you pay Disney, you need to pay $29.99 to be able to watch Mulan. Now, some people have said it will kill cinemas. I th- I think they're vastly overestimating how many people are going to pay £30 on top of a Netflix subscription to watch this. I will say that you are right, because 
I love I love Mulan because my daughter loves Mulan. Now I know this is going to sound. I know people don't like these kind of things. I love movies because I have a daughter. I love movies now that empower women. I love huh? movies. I love movies that show that women do things that men can do. And I know some people will find that trite and stuff like that there, but I'm proud when a movie steps out of the mold. Not not in the obvious kind of way. You know, not fucking... I understand what some people's reservations with the end of Captain Marvel were, you know. Yeah. Because that scene annoyed me a wee bit as well, but I understand what they were trying to do. They could have done it far better, far softer, you know, and with a far more powerful point. Hang on, are we uh, talking the end of Cap- Cap- Captain Marvel or Endgame? Uh, Captain Marvel, and I suppose Endgame oh, as well. Both just as bad. As, well, I thought yeah, Endgame yeah. was so much worse. Yeah, and yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Infinity War did it really well. Infinity yeah. War did the female empowerment very well. That was... Here's Captain Marvel. She's not alone. Here's another one. And here's another one. And here's the Wasp. And Gamora's just wandering in scene. And you're like, no, because we've just been told all these people are scattered everywhere. Why are they suddenly together? Yeah. So, yeah. And Captain Marvel, it yeah. was kind of like... But I love I love Mulan. And I've watched Mulan with my daughter. I've watched Mulan 2 and 3 with my daughter. You know, I love Mulan. And I was genuinely really excited when the, the live-action Mulan was going to be coming out. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, I will be in my cold, cold fucking grave before I pay Disney 30 fucking pounds to watch a fucking movie that I already pay fucking £7 for a fucking subscription for. Okay. So you, the wife, two kids... Trip to the trip to the cinema. How much would it cost for tickets? See, Rachel said this point to me. She said, "You know, how much would you spend on food? How much would you spend on this? How much would you spend on that?" No. Yeah. If I'm in a family where somebody wants to watch a movie and everybody else doesn't, should that still mean that I should still have to pay thirty pound of it? No. So, does it still mean that if there's four people that are in the house that want to watch that movie, should they pay £30 for it? No. I'm paying a subscription already for it. Yeah. Why Why do I need to give Disney more fucking money just because Disney can't open their parks for three months? And let's be honest about it. That's the reason. Okay, but if it had gone into cinemas, would you have gone to see it in the cinema? I would have brought my daughter. Right. So, that's 20 quid. No. Just she 12. getting free. I, I obviously don't have kids. <laughs> so yeah, what's that, yeah. 12 quid? So yeah, they are basically saying, we don't want to lose out. On, the the average people that go see this is going to be 3.6 in a family or something. So they're, they're basically well, that, trying that, to cover that, the that, losses. A fucking river, Disney. I'm not... I'm not hey, a river. Their latest quarterly you know, projections for um, profit and loss. Uh-huh. $4.6 $4. billion loss. God... Love them. And they're saying they should be alright to rebound. They, oh, Disney oh, World. Crying me eyes out. Cry, look, look at me. I'm fucking crying my fucking eyes out for Disney. Disney World and Shanghai Disneyland. Um, they were closed for so long, they've been open a few weeks. Both of those are already back to profitability. Even during a pandemic, they're both profitable. It's not, e- it's not even the point in that. I'm, we're not even, my point isn't even the point of the Disney parks running out there. They own. Like two of the top 
two, three franchises in the world. And we're not just talking about movie-wise. You know, we're talking about fucking socially-wise. We're talking about fucking everything. They own fucking Marvel and they own Star Wars. And they own Pixar. Fuck me. They own Mar- everything. Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, ESPN. Yeah. N- National Geographic, Hulu. God, God fucking love them. Anything they, with they a Muppet on. Yeah, the Eisner family don't make their fucking 10 trillion pound bonus a year. Boo fucking who. It's about time that these companies look at their business and go, right, we need to fucking look after the people that look after us. And rather than looking at the bottom line for once, we made fucking 70 billion last year and fucking 60 billion. Oh no, we've lost 4 billion this year. Grow fucking up. Grow up, man up and stick it up there on your subscription. We were able to capture some fingerprints, but again, same as the DNA, we haven't been able to, to match that to anybody. He's probably one of the biggest considered open-hearted people that I knew. But, you know, honestly, he had uh, an addiction too, right? Just the writing, we can talk. There's a possibility here that there were childhood traumas. We're trying to turn every stone to, to find evidence. This is Genevieve Germain, host of True Crime Real Time. Join me on a bi-weekly dive into the lives of the missing and murdered. Available wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll never know who else you'll meet along the way. This week, we are in a bit of a conundrum. Because I'll be totally honest, until about 40 seconds ago, we hadn't decided what we are going to be doing this Sunday. Work and Cormac's going camping. So we have Cormac's going camping. Where are, you, where are you going camping? I am going camping. Well, it sounds really bad. I'm camping at a guy's backyard. <laughs> in old old town. <laughs> in, in the hills. hills. Way up in the hills. On her own. There's a pretty little girl on her own. The prettiest girl that I have ever seen. That's a little bit of Daniel O'Donnell. The pretty little girl from Oma in the county of Tyrone. A pretty little girl. <laughs> right, stop. It's stop. Stop. So we haven't decided what we're going to be doing. Like I say, we've done... Uh, so we did Driller Killer, which was all a bit sickening and drills to the face and everything. And then we did Disney, which was a nice sort of... Ah, but it's just too nice and clean. And then last weekend we watched Elizabeth Berkeley Dry Hump... Um, Zack Zach Snyder? Jesus. Zack from Showgirls. Oh. <laughs> Zack, the character from Showgirls, who was... His cut. I want to see his cut of Showgirls. Kyle McClock. Yeah, let's see the Zack Snyder cut of Showgirls. It's, it's 40 minutes longer and just as shit. It's like that, um, it's like the Bill Hicks bit on Basic Instinct, where it says, uh, Goat Boy's version of Basic Instinct, where the film starts... Sharon Stone eats another woman for an hour and a half, and then the trailers roll. <laughs> and, my, and Michael and Michael Douglas says, "I'm sure I was in that movie." And he goes, "Goat boy, cut it as he saw it, Mikey. <laughs> Hit the fucking road." <laughs> so um, yeah, this week we are going to be we're going to do something. We're going to have a laugh, as you can tell. We like having we like having a hearty chuckle, don't we? We chortle to ourselves on a daily basis. So we are going to be tackling who I think some of the best. Um, comedians to work on a weekend in America during the 80s and 90s. We're going to tackle Saturday Night Live. Help me. Illum- Illum- Illuminati. Illum- Illuminati. Yeah, they're all involved in Illuminati. <laughs> Kill Jesus and fucking hide the Bible. Uh, no, Flat Earth. Some gods. 
Alumni, alumni. Alumni. So, look, this Sunday coming, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about, I mean, because I've got a list here of people I wanted to talk about. I want to I want to do a movie menu about Bill Murray. I want to talk about Chevy Chase for, his, for all his faults. I, I love Eddie Chevy Chase. Bill Murray, fucking Adam Sandler, David Spade. Eddie Murphy. Um, you know, it's... There's Farley, Myers, Dana Carvey. You know, there's there's tons. There's tons. And can I just say... We're going to be, so the following week, so this Sunday coming, we're going to go through, we're going to take you on a whistle stop tour of Saturday Night Live from 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, we're going to talk about the films that we love, the actors we love. I, I, I've know about 20 different stories that I want to tell about these these guys and what they got up to. I, it, there was an awful lot of cocaine at the time in the early 80s. An awful what? Lot of, an awful lot of cocaine and heroin. So, no. No. <laughs> you lie. No. Um, and then the following, so then the following Sunday, we are going to be serving up a movie menu for you. We've got two weeks to put together our menus for you. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you now, we're watching MacGruber. <laughs> well, I've already, I've already got two for the fish dish. Uh, but one of them I really fucking love because it's so horribly bad. Seen as though it's gonna, we've got, we've got two weeks to wait to put this menu together. We're gonna to do two films per course because there's too many to do. Just narrow it down to one. So we are gonna serve up the Saturday Night Live alumni dishes, movies that we think are best to grace your table in front of you. So go on, who's? I've got a gun to your head. Pick one guy who's gonna make you laugh or woman from Saturday Night Live. From Saturday Night Live, since that we're talking about it. Oh, that is, you know, me and my brother on Saturday Night Live was one of our first loves because Sky One, when it was first introduced um, into the UK, they used to play um, Saturday Night Live and then two hours of David Letterman. So me and my brother used to watch the best of Dave Letterman and Saturday Night Live on a Saturday night. And it was always like a week in advance. So we got to see a lot of them. Um, so there's a lot of the 90s guys that, that I absolutely adore. Kevin Nealon, um, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Will Ferrell. Um, but the, the, the tip for me has to be Chris Farley. You know, yeah. every, everything that Chris Farley did on Saturday Night Live. Just made me abs. You know the Chippendales thing with Patrick Swayze. Uh, you know the sketch where yeah. Swayze comes out all. You know, uh, you know. Then Tommy Boy, um, Three Ninjas. You know everything that but Farley and Spade kind of did that like three or four movies together. Um, I think Tommy Boy probably doesn't. It's not going to be Tommy Boy will be one of my movies because Top, Tommy Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know. Fat Guy in a Little Coat uh, is one of my favourite songs. You know, there's a scene in it where, you know, the car falls apart but the door comes off and David Spade's hand, you know, because Chris Farley's fucked it up. He kind of looks at him and is like, what did you do? You I've know, got to admit, I haven't seen it in years, man. I'm sorry I haven't uh, seen it. I can't remember. I've got to watch. It's amazing. Brian Dennehy is his dad. You know, just everything that Chris Farley did. He was a perfect fall guy. And, you know, heartbreaking, heartbreak. you know, even Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler still, yeah. still, you know, sings songs about him. Adam Sandler stills 
mentions him in every single thing that he wins. You know, he'll always talk about fucking yeah, Chris Farley. Just he was, for me, he was just the funniest thing that, uh, since sliced bread. Like, I, I, he was amazing. See, I've watched, um, I've gone back and watched plenty of stuff on Saturday Night Live. I, I, I love the sort of modern stuff. I love watching um, Keenan Thompson, the latest, one of the latest guys doing Black Jeopardy. And yes. with, with Tom Hanks uh, on that. Yeah, uh, Rupert Pupkin, yeah, with, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, fantastic. Was, yeah. He played uh, Chuck or someone like that, but yeah, fantastic. Bill Hader, absolutely love his stuff, and that's the more modern. But going back, I watch clips of um, Chevy Chase doing the, the news segments, absolutely howling with laughter. It's, it's almost like he's, he's testing lines out. He's got this nonchalant sort of attitude of being able to just throw a line out and knowing it's funny and just waiting for people to pick up on it afterwards. John Belusi was an absolute whirlwind. And Bill Murray. But do you know what? We did like one one as well that uh, I think will never get old for me. Phil Hartman. Yeah. Phil Hartman. Just, you know, uh, it breaks my heart to 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 think that Phil Hartman is no longer on this earth and he was you know he was taken so early he's just they probably could have grown into the most amazing best comedic character actor that ever was you know and we're not even talking about you know even the Simpsons Troy McClure you know just yeah. just amazing absolutely amazing there's so much to talk about in Saturday Night Live. There's so much to talk about. So much. So this Sunday coming, we're going to talk about um, our favourite cast members, favourite characters. Um, we're going to talk about the sketches they've been in, the the eras. We're basically, we're just going to sort of go down a rabbit hole of Saturday Night Live, and we're going to uh, we're going to come to you with some stories and stuff like that. And Gilbert Gottfried, I'm just looking at the list here. It's an absolute who's who. Um, and then the following Sunday, we will be serving up. An extended, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> an extended. Okay, I'm done. Well, you know, on, when... on a good side, on a good side, Saturday Night Live movies aren't really that long movies, so they're usually yeah. hard half. Yeah, so like but I think it we'll still take we'll still take um, movies that Saturday Night Live cast members have gone on to be in. It doesn't have to be one of their movies, does it? No, I think, we... I think we should stick to Saturday Night Live. Movies. Can we have Ghostbusters? Is that a Saturday Night Live movie? No, that's more of a uh, Chicago. Uh, what would you call that? Steppen, Steppenwolf, Steppen. I think it was Steppenwolf. Okay. Or, there was there was a lot of like comedy tropes or troops that were around that time. Second City, Second City. Sorry, that's what it's called. Second City. Boondock Saints. Boondocks? What with fucking Billy Connolly? No, was that an Irish film? No, well, it was. They, we were thinking- they had, Irish that. Accent. they had Irish accents. That was that okay. was Boondock Saints was one of that was the one of the original uh, most expensive scripts that was ever sold. Yeah, yeah. Because that it, time. I don't know why I bought it. Up. Yeah, Miramax, Miramax bought it. Miramax bought it, and it, there's a great documentary about it as well about the Boondock Saints, um, and it's basically about how the guy who wrote it, I cannot remember his name for love nor money, I can't remember his name, but it was after Pulp Fiction came out. And he was just touted as being the next Quentin Tarantino. And fucking Wein- the Weinstein brothers like touted him around being the next Quentin Tarantino. And it basically you know, just... always do it, though. Yeah, it just... Always end, it always ends up getting onto a sex offender. We can't oh, get through one... 
Well, Welcome to the Section Editor Podcast. Hey, Harvey Weinstein, RLP. Well, he might as well be. So, next week, the Legends of Saturday Night Live. The following weekend, the menu. Movies of, of, movies of the Legends of Saturday Night Live. The movies of the legend, the movie menu of the Legends of the Saturday Night Live. Songs of the movies of the Legends of Saturday Night Live. Don't push me. No, that's Sugar Hill. No, is that Sugar Hill? That's Grandmaster Flash. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. Trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep him going under. <laughs> what was I thinking of? Sugar Hill Gang. Broken glass don't. everywhere. People pissing on the streets. They just don't care. No, that's still Grandmaster. What's yeah, the Sugar Hill? Like. What's the Sugar Hill Gang one go? Uh, oh, um, that's another one. dust. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that, that's it. Freddie Mercury was in the Sugar Hill Gang. I'm six foot one, and I'm fun, tons of fun, and I'm dressed to a T. So how does that sound? I got more clothes than Muhammad Ali. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Cultural <Well>. appropriation podcast. <laughs> so that's Saturday Night Live. Um, have you got anything more, sir? No, just... Please pray for me that there is no bears in County Tyrone that will eat the supple body of uh, Corm. Are you just going camping on your own? Why are you going camping? I'm not going camping. Do you think I'm going to camp in somebody's garden by myself? Right. Why not? I'm going with the fam fam. Yeah. Okay. Why? Just for a night out? Camping in some guy's garden? That's a people do, Paul. We go on day trips out and stuff. We've been locked up for fucking three and a half months. Yeah, but after a day trip, you normally come home. You don't put up a bivouac and settle, settle down for the night in somebody's garden. I, I am from Oma Town. I thought you were going to say a garden. <laughs> in the county of Tyrone. You know, so we're going down to see the homestead. We're going down to visit the fam fam. Going to bring my fam fam down and going to see some, some friend friends um, staying in a garden garden and uh, going to have some fun fun. I'm going to feed the cat. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Way up in the north in Old Tyrone, there's a pretty little girl I call my own. She's the sweetest rose Ireland's ever grown. And sure as the moon and stars above, I'm falling head over heels in love with a pretty little girl from Old Man in the county of Tyrone. There's cute little girls in Osterman, they're just as pretty in Monaghan, this to every rover I is known. But I guess that I'd be out of bounds, this there between the northern towns, there's a pretty little girl from Oman in the county of Jerome. She wears my ring and tells her friends she's going to marry me. Best of all, she tells them all she's happy. Can be Oh lucky me Well I don't know What you've done to me There's nothing else My eyes can see But my pretty little girl From Oman In the county of Jerome